The first thousand days of a child's life is a once-in-a-lifetime window of brain development. This is when the foundations are laid for future learning and growth. And for children to receive what they need in this stage, parents and caregivers need support, encouragement and information. We believe churches are well positioned to be that community around families. Churches, whether big or small, rich or poor, can play a part in seeing that all children get a strong start to life. This is the Sukunya podcast aimed at helping you take those steps in strengthening families. Visit www.sukunya.org.za to find out more. We believe that the church is a trusted voice in South Africa, and this can be used to raise awareness and inspire people to better engage with and care for families. First Thousand Day Friendly Churches use their voice to build caring and supportive communities, and use opportunities to speak the truth in love and correct harmful myths that might exist. Listen in to this lunchtime conversation that Sukunya hosted, unpacking the ways in which churches and individuals can speak up and use their voice. And today... Uh, we are looking at Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. Um, so it's Proverbs 31, 8 to 9 says, it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So I'm just going to open and pray for us as we reflect on the scripture. So Father, we come before you today as we look at a topic of speaking up and as your word says that we are called as Christ followers to speak up for those who are in need, for those who do not have a voice, for those who are destitute. And I pray, Lord, that as we speak through this topic today, that you would bring new ideas, fresh ideas of how we can do that, how we can raise awareness, how we can speak into uh, supporting families and loving families and really speaking to the lives of the children within the first thousand days. So we give you this time, Lord, and I pray that it will be a really fruitful and inspiring conversation. And yeah, that as we leave, there will be uh, plans and ideas and connecting uh, amongst us all. So in Jesus' name, we give this time to you. Amen. Okay, so today's topic, um, as we've mentioned, we're looking at the different elements of uh, becoming a first thousand day friendly church and today we're looking at the topic of speak up um, and so speak up is one of the the petals that we have um, we last week we looked at collaborate and refer um, and so this is one of the ways that we as Christ followers can influence families um, and how they're seen and how they're supported within our church and within our community um, and we're using everyday opportunities to speak about the first thousand days or speak about the impact the first thousand days has uh, in the lives of children. Um, as you can see here, it's one of the, the six elements of uh, becoming a first thousand day friendly church um, to enable loving connections. So I guess to start off with, I'm going to ask a question of what does speak up mean to you? Um, does anybody want to, you can put it into the chat box, you can uh, unmute yourselves and just, yeah, just tell us what does speak up mean to you? So I think there's speaking up, it's speaking about how you feel. Maybe if something just happened or maybe it happened a long time ago, you should feel free to talk about everything that you're going through because it won't stress too much and maybe you might find advisors, good advisors that want to help you in the future or just something that you could be through just now yeah 
Yeah, that, that's right. Speak up is speaking, you know, as you're saying, like to be able to talk um, and speak about your personal experiences. And if we think about speaking up with regards to first thousand days and supporting families, uh, what does that mean to you? I'm going to Salouane, with what you said just now about speaking up about getting advice and speaking about your personal experiences, what if we then look at it in the context of first thousand days and supporting mums and dads what what would it mean to you then okay so we know that uh, most of our mums they're going through a lot uh, and maybe some of them they they can't they can't talk or they can't say what they're going through so uh, when you go there and maybe you let me say if i'm at church and then i see uh, some of you moms that are suffering but they're not saying anything so you can go there and talk to them and let them know that it's okay to go whatever whatever what they're going through it's okay and then they should talk maybe even if they can't talk to you maybe talk to the trusted person someone that they can help them it, it might concern their health or their child's health or maybe them not having food or whatever that they need at that moment. Yeah, quite right. And thank you for saying that. It's speaking up for them when they're not speaking um, and yeah, finding out how they're doing, but also speaking up, being their voice for them. So thank you for sharing that. I don't know if anybody else would like to say, um, Flora, we haven't checked in with you to see how you're doing. Do you want to tell us what speaking up uh, in the context of first thousand days and supporting families means for you? Hi, everyone. Hi. I think speak, uh, speak out is to, to voice out. Yeah, like, um, I don't know how to put it, but I do understand that, but I don't know how to put it. Okay, thanks, Flora. It's really nice to have you with us today. Um, and yes, it is the, the as you said, speak up, speak out. It's being able to voice something. So thank you for for that. Um, Sangeet, I see you've unmuted yourself. Do you have for uh, me? Maybe this will sound a bit silly, but for me, it's like stop the silence. I think women they silent, and that's why they don't get help because nobody knows they need the help. So for me, it would be what my understanding is: stop the silence. So you can go and get help for yourself, for your kids, for your future. Because once you speak out, like with me, people speak out. That's why I know I want to go give the, the food to. But mm. if they don't speak out, I'm not going to know who to give it to. And I'm going to keep it. So mm. that's the thing. People need to start communicating. Don't be afraid. Because when you're pregnant, when you have your babies, we all go through the same thing. We all go through this depression or some sort of problem. We don't know how to take care of our babies. We need help, but we need to voice it. Yeah. And as you, as the person supporting that mom or that family, how do you speak up uh, for them? Or what does that mean to you? For me, what I do is, as I said, I, I ask the community to assist. And I go to the community and say, these are the things that the ladies need. The community need these people need these things how do we help them because you know it's like help me to help them that's what it is and that's when they help me because then it's given to these people and i don't i don't believe in taking photos when i give out hampers i feel i don't like this photos you know taking photos and giving it out and showing everyone okay i've given these families 
because it's degrading for me to give someone something and say, now stand there with a the parcel and I need to take a photo of you. So yeah. as long as my, the community understands I don't work like that, because it needs to be given in a dignified manner. These are human beings. They may be having a problem today, but it doesn't mean they're always gonna have that problem. They just need that little nudge or that little lift in life. And that's yeah. what I think we as a community need to start doing. And so would you say you, you're, sort of, you're raising awareness to many of the challenges that mums are facing in your community? You're raising awareness within your community about how to support these mums and families. Um, so in that way, you're speaking up for, for the mum and for the family and supporting them. Yes, I, I speak up in that regard. And also it's not to disable them because it's to assist them now. It's not forever because that's when you disable someone. So once they come to me and they're well, they'll say to me, look, we want to study something. And then I go around finding, okay, this person needs to study something with computers or uh, maybe there's a helper that they feel they want to go and help someone. So, or, or maybe be a nanny or whatever it may be. And then I go around assisting them to get a job. Okay. So they could start sustaining themselves. It's just to assist them for a while. Yeah. And that's what we all need sometimes, yeah. you know. Yes, thank you, Singita. That's great um, to hear what you're doing in your community. I see we have, is it Masitembe join us? Yeah, um, on that part, I think it's close to me and my church at the moment. Um, uh, this past weekend, um, a young couple from church was just burying their, I think four, if not four, five months old daughter um, who just passed away in Tagabek Hospital. And the, 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 the sad thing is that it's, it's the second thing that is happening now, second encounter, um, similar sickness. Um, around 2019, they lost another one. I think she was like a, a bit older than this one. And then now um, when he forwarded me the letter, the father forwarded me the letter from the doctor, um, from Tagato Hospital, the doctor stipulated in the letter that, um, please, I like, uh, the letter was for the employer, but he was just showing me that. In the letter it was written that, please allow so-and-so 10 days as he is like um, in a process of um, nursing his, um, his son, I saw his daughter, who is sick with the similar sickness that the, um, the passed away um, a daughter also had. Just like, so I, I don't know um, how we can help people like that because it's all in the information or health information, I don't know. Because now uh, the, 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 the couple now fears um, to conceive again if now God will give them these gifts and maybe in less than a year. You see, now we're talking about um, the thousand years, but coming to, 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 to count, all, they just vanish like that. And the sad part is that the, it's, it's natural death according to the postmodern, but now they can't say what is it. You mm. see, and then those people do need, hence I'm attending um, the counseling courses um for, for that because we, we can't stop death but i think we need maybe um to better equip the that maybe before conceiving how about you guys make sure that you are 
100% um, safe or your womb is 100% safe to, um, to carry. But now it's hard to just throw that at the person. You yeah. understand? You might yeah. even maybe suspecting them that they are unhealthy to conceive. But um, if this is going to carry on, it because now on Friday before they go to, to bury the child, um, the, 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 the husband said she overheard the, his wife saying, um, my fear is that you will leave me for for better women who can give you like um, kids who will grow up and not die. You understand? So yeah, I think the speaking up comes there if one maybe needs help to 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 be advised on what to do before planning on having a baby or bringing a baby into this world. Uh, or I'm not sure, but I say this it's just close to my heart and not knowing what to do or maybe to where to refer them for, for that. And um, maybe to better equip the church as a whole to have those kinds of sessions for those particular people. Just that these are the unforeseen events that one don't know when to plan for them and they just yeah. come and yeah, thank you so much. You can see it really is something on your heart and that you really care for that family. Um, and so thank you for joining us today. Um, I do want to say that dealing with grief and loss for parents is something we will be touching on uh, in one of these lunchtime conversations uh, later on in the year, because it is something we recognize churches need to be equipped to be able to support families who are going through that. Um, and especially, I think you... You mentioned a number of things to, to be able to talk into of speaking up, but as you said, one is speaking up around the challenges that parents are facing um, like that with grief and loss, the challenges that they then face, like you mentioned, the, the wife being fearful that the husband will leave her, um, you know, then also just around health services and who's out there that you can support them and, and knowing who you can refer them to because uh, dealing with grief is uh, something that they do need. But you also mentioned how um, the doctor sent a letter for the employer to give time off and you know that's one of the things we're talking to now is how do we as a church speak up that uh people do get time off when their children are sick but also like this in grief also paternity leave uh, and maternity leave like how do we speak up as a church uh into those areas um babe i see you've unmuted yourself did you have something you want to say no, I think just to, to add to that, to, um, you know, speaking up for others sometimes means speaking to the unspoken, to, to some of these unspoken feelings of shame or guilt or, um, and giving others permission to do that requires that we're prepared to be vulnerable about our own struggles. I think yeah. that opens the door for others to um, put words to some of these um, very visceral and, and very... Um, what can be really shameful things shrouded in shame, shame and um, fear and mm -hmm. so we we don't ask for help because we think we're the only ones struggling um, and even just the process of being able to put words to some of these feelings can be really empowering and we yeah. end up helping ourselves by being able to you know process and put words to some of these things and make sense of them yeah um, so I think there's a chance to speak by being brave enough to speak ourselves um, about difficult yeah. things yeah um, yeah thanks for that Bevia. and it is something we we do really want to um touch on and spend an entire lunchtime conversation addressing um because yeah as you said it's, it requires a lot of vulnerability and um as a church being able to support families going through that 
but um, in, in speaking up, as you mentioned, that there's various different aspects to speaking up and looking at it from a church perspective, um, yeah, as a as a whole church, you, churches have trusted voices in communities. Um, and we were looking at how can we use our existing uh, moments, so whether it's preaching or teaching or um, courses we're running, how do we share uh, the opportunity of the first thousand days? How do we share the challenges that families are going through within the first thousand days? Um, so whether this is in public or private, on social media, in our networking moments, um, so whether that's during Sunday church services or maybe a fraternal meeting that we have with other pastors um, or home groups or WhatsApp groups or our Facebook pages or in our, our friendship groups, um, it's how do we spread the awareness um, of what what are the first thousand days? What is happening during the first thousand days? You know, what is the important role that we play in supporting families during this time? So whether it is uh, through grief or whether it is through um, a child growing up and encouraging the building blocks, whether it is through encouraging the father to be part of the child's life. Um, you know, so churches are already teaching, we're already preaching, we're already communing as in, in groups every week, even through now, through lockdown, you know, we're starting to meet again. Um, and so it's how do we look at the trust that many people have in the church um, and using this voice to speak up uh, around this opportunity in the first thousand days and to inspire people, challenge them. Um, and so, yeah, just to add examples of, of what's going on, but also to know what's happening in our church communities, speak into, um, whether it's breaking myths around, uh, yeah, different or incorrect practices that are happening. Um, and just really ensuring that families are seen, that they're supported and that they're encouraged. Um, so we're gonna look more into what does speak up mean? And I'm gonna hand over to Ruth uh, as to how we do this in the church well. Thank you, Brani. So good to, to hear some of our thoughts around that. And I love some of the nuances around speaking up on the unspoken um, and how do we do that well and how do we um, advocate for things. And so like Brani said, we're looking at what is a first thousand day friendly church look at. So looking at kind of specifically, how do we do this as a church? And you might be thinking in your church space, maybe things aren't the way you would want them or maybe this topic you go oh we should be saying more I don't want this to cause frustration for you um, but that you would be patient and think about what is your influence and your role in the space and so the question that I have just as a general kind of dreaming space is how do we think how do you see this working in your church what are ways that we can speak up use our voice use that opportunity to speak publicly or personally with people what are the avenues Bryony mentioned some I'd love to hear your thoughts around that, how you see this working in your church space, that we can see our churches caring well for families through the different things, including what Masitemba has told us about grief. That's part of the space. How do we speak up in this space? So I'd love to hear some thoughts there. Um, okay. Um, thanks for, for, for that question. Uh, at the moment, I would say me personally, I think as I've mentioned, uh, my specialty is on the youth um, and the, the young ones. Um, so in my church, I would say we are too traditional in a way that you hardly find 
male figures, or I would say men, uh, in and around the pregnancy and the birth and stuff. Though we do have some ceremonies for the, the, the welcoming a child in the church, for, for an example, if the, 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 the mother, now it is after certain days, decides to come with the, with the infant um, or in the newly born in church, where they will be blessed and prayed for. Okay, thanks, Luane. Um, yeah, um, so we, we, what are, what are we, okay. what I would, uh, okay, what I would do or suggest if maybe I would is to firstly invite maybe um, a representative from, I would say, Sikwuni or whoever who would firstly uh, take us out of that, uh, I would say, old way of doing things that um, pregnancy, newly born and stuff is only for uh, the feminine side. Because um, there's still that um, challenge that we need to tackle before we can all go because if, if I can tell you now, yeah, I was referred to I was referred to I was referred to here by my pastor. But now I, I did give um do give constant feedbacks on updates of what is happening. Uh but now he also needs to escalate the idea. Um to escalate the idea. Um to the higher hierarchies or to higher authorities so that, that that can be now a general thing that we need to be involved in, 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 in the pregnancy. We need to be involved so that, so that's where we can inject the first thousand days um, awareness to the church. So in my, I don't say other churches, but in my church, we are still in that traditional way of doing things. Hence, I decided to, to, to go with this um, train, I would say maybe workshop so that um, I, I would enjoy or I would appreciate maybe if from, from today, someone can um, maybe, uh, I had, it, it does happen with Sigunias, if someone could maybe then I will, I can organize a gathering, even if it's on a Saturday or a Sunday, where there'll be that representative to come and explain, then I wouldn't mind going forward to be the, I would say, the middle person between Sikuni and my church or uh, be that activist um, going forward and involve other traditional churches that are around that have partnership or with us to spread that going forward. And they are also like, um, because when that um, this incident happened with this brother who lost, there was this biblical verse that this woman was blessed. It, she was like, um, not giving, getting any children, but through the encounter of like um, this prophet called uh, Elijah, and then she conceived. But after a year, there was like this sudden headache on, on, on this child, and then they passed away. Now this woman had this anger inside her saying that I did not ask for, for, for this child you gave me because of like um, my hospitality, but now you decide to take it. She had, she had to hunt down for that prophet and then the prophet inside him, he said, um, God decided to take the child without telling me. 
So there are those inside um, conversation we had inside our, inside of us. Just that now, if maybe a well-established maybe um organization like Sikunye, um, I'm not saying please do. Um, I'm saying do that. But if it could happen, I would appreciate it, and I would even try and um, organize people to be there to preach that. Then from that, I can take it and go forward. But I am doing it in my personal space for those um, around and closer to me. I am preaching that. Um, and also just that if I can get that, I would say maybe support, then I would inject it at, at, in my local church. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Timber, for sharing. And I think you've said so many so many important things. Um, one, what, what I'm hearing is actually getting a credible voice in, somebody who can speak well into a space that you yes. can say, guys, this will help me as a leader to share that. And so finding, and that ties into the conversation around collaborate and refer, it's like who can collaborate that can be a credible voice to help our communities who think differently about this topic and to challenge some of the thinkings that we might have around this topic. And so that's one way we as leaders can find a space. We can gather people together to speak up from a pulpit or the fraternal meeting or a gathering of other churches where we can speak into an important issue. And what I like about what I hear you saying too is understanding where your, con your context and what are some of the issues that your, your context has. So you mentioning in your context, maybe you needing to speak to men and their role in the first thousand days with mom and pregnancy and saying, how do we speak into this important topic? And how do we, who do we find to help us as a community to think differently about that? And that's a, a way that we as a leader can speak up and we can find mm -hmm. formal ways to gather people together to speak into issues. And then we can also, as a, in our individual capacity, have conversations with people speaking into these various issues. Um, so there's various layers mm -hmm. to us speaking up to a topic and helping people journey through and learning new ways of doing things. So going from a traditional way, mindset and saying, actually, we need to shift this. And I'm not gonna get people from point A to point Z immediately. I've got to take them on a journey and how do I use my influence and who else do I get with me to help to influence this? Um, um, Bev, you in the chat there, this is hard. My experience of advocating in different churches on different issues is that there has to be conviction from the leadership in order to be given space and confidence to advocate. Maybe that's my shifting responsibility or perhaps I don't have enough experience with the broader range of church communities or maybe advocating for the voices doesn't have to be through the main channels. I don't know, definitely something that we could do more of, more help or guidance with. Um, sorry, you have to run. I'm glad that you're able to be with us today, but completely. So there's. Sometimes it can be quite difficult. Maybe the leadership isn't on board with the, and we, we still need to advocate with them around the, this important issue. And how do we get leaders on board that maybe need to speak into the space, that maybe your role influence isn't to have voice in a public space, but you have influence on a one-on-one -on -one as an individual. And so helping move some things, how do we nudge in that direction? to be given those spaces? How do we invite people to various spaces to do that? Um, and so this is a process of how we speak up for people, um, but trying to realize that there's a way, there's a voice for the leaders, but there's also something for us as individuals. And I don't know um, if somebody in the room would like to share with us how they speak into this as an individual. How do you 
speak up in your individual capacity, maybe in your mom's group or um, in life groups or one-on-one um, -on -one with other people that you have influence with. How do you use your influence in your area? Maybe it's influence in your workplace. Bronium, you can tag on here, but how would you use your influence as an individual? Anybody want to share some thoughts around that? You're welcome to put it in the chat box too, how you use your influence, but there are ways that we can either as a collective, and Master Timber gave examples of that, but we also have a role as people and influence. And I know, Sangeeta, you shared some ideas of how you influence to get help for, for moms, and you've seen a need, and you speak up and advocate on their behalf that you can care for them in that way. Um, Sophie, I know you do this a lot. I don't know if you want to share from your side. How do you use your how do you use your influence as an individual to speak up for moms? Are you able to share with us? Um, like I, I yeah, I said in the previous times that we with that I share with you guys, um, it often happened as well that um, like. The situation at our church, what we had an incident in our church where um, where I needed that causes me to to um, how can I say me and my pastor needed to sit down and to talk um, where a mom felt not welcome in the church because her baby was crying. Um, but that also worked out actually so good. Because it make not only our leader but also the the council of the church um, to have a look at the cry room and 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 also how we as a church um, when it comes to moms with young children how will we make sure that that incident never repeat again um, and also in my capacity um, as a florist host um, I often um needed for my classes i will i often get a nurse um to my classes where moms are not comfortable to ask questions at their clinic visits so it's that type of thing um and then the new the new new the newest to the distant or on the list is that our moms are treated in the workplace um they really sadden me um, to hear that a mom was swayed by a manager or four months to so say in Afrikaans. So it really saddened me. And, um, but that is something I, I am praying about. Now I'm in the process to get managers, farm owners, just to get them together and just explain um, what, what our moms really need, how we as a community um, how we can be a blanket of support to our moms and families um, in the first thousand days. So that's just my um, little bit. Thanks, Sophie. Um, I, I love that you're saying that it's on your heart that a mom was uh, not treated well by her manager. Um, and that as a flourish host, you're also looking into how you support moms. And is it, that's what we're 
thinking about is that you may not be a pastor um, and often when we say speak up as a church we think it's just the pastor's role at the front you know in the pulpit where they can do that but how do we as individuals and Christ followers speak up as well and so so for your idea of um, having the managers and uh, farmers come together and explaining to them the importance of the first thousand days but also the importance of um, the father playing a role in the child's life and the mother playing a role in the child's life and it's how do we speak up in those instances um, and in your area of influence so so if you uh, you mentioned you are a flourish host you're also going to church you're also a mum you have friends it's how do we look at our context um, and how do we listen to mum and dads and what their challenges are and the things that need to be addressed and then how are we speaking about this to others so um, Sangeeta, you were mentioning that some of the mums in your community um, are, are going to bed hungry and so are the children going to bed hungry so you are now raising awareness and speaking up for them in your community by saying we need to get food packs together um, and support these families and love these families um, and so I really really love what you're doing with uh, food parcels for for mums in your community because you're hearing what their challenges are and then you're speaking up for them um, there's things like, for example, how do we support teenage mums, you know, and some of the shame and the guilt around teenage mums. Are we speaking up um, against, you know, the shame and the guilt um, as a as a Christ follower, as a church, as someone with faith? Are we speaking up into these areas as flourish hosts here? Um, are we raising awareness also to things like, you know, dad's involvement in the child's life? Are we encouraging that? And are we fighting um, some of these ingrained uh, thoughts. Um, I think Mastimba, you you said, you know, you come from a, a more traditional church where men are not supposed to be involved around pregnancy. Um, and yet research is showing and so much showing how important it is for men to encourage other men to be involved in their child's life from pregnancy. So, you know, how are we standing up going, actually, you know, men can be involved in that phase of life and how are we encouraging that? Um, so you, it you could be things like, are we um, alerting our employer that a mum is struggling in the staff? Are we um, encouraging them to give maternal um, or maternity leave? Are we encouraging the paternity leave, the leave for dads? Because often dads don't take it. Um, and as you very nicely said, Ms. Timber is about um, the leave when their child is sick. Are we encouraging our employers to actually give that to parents because they need it and also give them leave when they are grieving um, because that is really important in the healing of, of parents. Um, so when we say speak up, um, Ruth used the word advocate. Um, you know, another role for it is it's an advocacy role and, you know, to advocate for um, parents and are we are we doing this as individuals as churches um are we actually playing that advocate advocacy role in our communities and in our our areas of influence so whether that's church whether that's our friends group our family um our work where we're employed whether it's a flourish class that we're running there's so many different areas of influence that we have um, and so are we actually standing up for mom and dads and speaking up for them? A lot of you use the word speaking out, and that's quite right. It's encouraging moms to speak out about the challenges that they're having and what they're going through. But also then are we speaking for them in those communities or in those areas of influence um, where they can't speak for themselves? Um, and every little step that we do, if each one of us do this, every little step we take will make a huge difference. 
Um, and so we have a few resources that Ruth's going to share with you uh, later. Um, and one of them is a side-by-side -side resource that we thought actually really speaks quite nicely into breastfeeding in the workplace. So it is very specific, but it actually is a very good way of looking at what other aspects do we speak up for in our workplace um, and how can we advocate for maternity leave, breastfeeding in the workplace, fathers uh, getting paternity leave. So it's just a really nice resource for that. And it's, we shared it in the chat box, but we'll also send it on the WhatsApp group. Um, so Ruth can take us through a few practical tips and then we'll be wrapping up. So just practically when we're wanting to speak up and wanting to be advocates for change or we're wanting to grow awareness for people, there's some things we just need to be mindful of. Um, and the first step that we need to do is make sure that we've grown our own awareness. So Master Timba, and I appreciate what you're saying about growing your own awareness, that the church needs equipping, that people need equipping. It's how do we grow our own awareness around this topic? What are we reading? What are we are we watching? What are we? What um, resources or websites are we using to grow our own awareness around the topic, um, so that we understand the topic? And who are we speaking to? Speaking to moms and dads, asking questions, trying to learn more about what's really happening in our context, specifically what's happening in your community. What are the challenges families are facing? So listening to parents, listening to families, um, and really trying to understand what's happening in the space. Uh, before we jump to any conclusions, but really growing our awareness and getting a well-rounded picture of what's actually happening around us, what's happening in the space, is such an important step as we try and speak up around this. Um, we want to make sure we do it in a winsome way, that we are doing it in a way that is building relationship and not breaking relationship, that we can help move people towards action, that we're not just telling them a whole lot of information, but they're able to do something with the information that we're giving them. So what we say in the pulpit or what we say in person would be different and we'd be able to be more specific when we have this in-person conversation. Um, it's important to try and find out how we find common ground with the person we're trying to win over. So I'm thinking, Sophie, about the managers in the farm. How do we find common ground with them? How do we see what we have in common? We both want the best for these the people that are working on the farm. We want the best for these moms. We want the best for the children. We have these things in common. How do we make them allies and not adversaries? So in the way that we have these conversations, we wanna make sure that we, we're working together to find solutions to help these moms. Um, we need to be clear what, in your mind, what you want people to think and feel and put into action. So the purpose of this conversation, what am I advocating for? What is the purpose of what we're having getting out of this? And you're wanting to win the person, not the argument. So it's not about trying to win all the facts and get, but actually, how do I get this person's heart? How do I, how do I um, engage with them as a person, not to just show them that I'm right? So we don't want to fall into the trap of us versus them, or um, I'm on their side, or we want to make sure that we're on, we're in this together, and that they are with us. So whether it's the, the workplace or the manager or leadership at church or changing the cry room in the church, as you said, it's like, how do we work together in this? Um, we're not trying to move people out of guilt, obligation or fear. Um, these aren't good motivators, but we want to take them on a journey of awareness and move them from point, from point A to point B to point C, that they won't become as passionate as you are immediately but we want to take them on a journey. So Sangeeta, you were sharing about moms being hungry. How do I take my community on a journey 
that they become aware of this issue. Um, and how do I do this in a dignifying way for the people we're trying to help? And that's so important. I love that you shared that in detail. Like, how do we dignify the mom? How do we bring dignity to the situation and take the community on a journey? Um, so we want to make sure we're doing that all the time. And it helps for us as people who are raising awareness to also be vulnerable and to be authentic in the way that we do this. Um, not just trying to share facts, but that we're also showing an authenticity around this. But we want to be credible. So if we need to get a credible voice into the room, we can do this. Um, and we want to stir people to participate. And so really speak to their heart in the way that we do this. Um, but remembering sometimes the people who communicate aren't always the passionate people or vice versa. So finding out who in your church is the right person to communicate this, that people are, are listening well. And so these are some tips in just to do it well. Um, and we do have some resources on our website and our Champs Toolkit that we will share with you in the reflection around how do we stir the hearts of your congregation. There's some tips in there on how do we do that well. Um, and just thinking about what is the specific context that you're speaking into that's unique to your space, um, some first steps that you can take. So I want to encourage each of you, what are the little steps that you can take to nudge the culture around you, to nudge those around you to care well for moms, dads, and caregivers? Um, how can you be the one to speak up, to give voice um, into the space? the one to be alert and to notice that mom needs help. And sometimes we just, it's us being aware, oh, you know, mom's struggling with a pram and a crying baby, how do I help? Or mom's struggling in the workplace, she's being shouted at by her employer, she's not getting the right leave. How do I go walk alongside her and empower her to have a voice, to speak up, to say she has a problem? Um, how do we do a better job of caring for our moms and dads? And every little thing we do can make a big difference and show moms and families and dads that we care, that we love them. And we wanna create an environment in our church space, in our community, in our workspaces where they are cared for and they are seen. So I encourage you to look at your individual influence where you have space, who are you speaking to? How can you nudge people to see and notice moms and dads um, and see how we can show them that we really do care for them, that they're not in this on their own. And so, yeah, I want to pray for us as our time draws to an end and that we as a community of people who care can do this well in a winsome way. Let me pray for us. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you've given us each a voice and that you'd help us to speak up for those who are voiceless or feeling like they can't be heard. Help us to come alongside them in dignity um, and in grace and that you would help us to really... Um, create enabling environments around them, that as communities of people who care, that we'd be able to, to raise awareness around some of the areas where our families may be struggling, whether it's from the real practical things of they're hungry and they need food, to a workplace that is an environment that's caring to them, to our church environments where they are seen, help us to speak up, um, to create, to show our families that we, we love and care for them. So, I thank you for each person represented here today, and I pray that you'd give them voice and influence in the spaces that they're in, that we could see fathers more involved in their children's lives. We can see mothers who are feeling supported and cared for, and we would be part of those loving communities. So I thank you for this time, and I pray that you go with us. In Jesus' name, amen.
you for listening in today to the Sakunya podcast. We trust it has given you ideas of what you can be doing to support families in the first thousand days. Have a look at the links in the podcast description to access resources mentioned in this recording. And remember to go to sakunya.org.za to find out more and take further steps in strengthening families so that all children can get a strong start to life.